Welcome to Kingdom of the Logos. This is a special interview we have for you regarding the topic of apprenticeship and how that relates to the idea of discipleship. I'm Jay Dylan Proctor, and today with me in studio I have Tyler Darnall. And let me just go ahead and get straight into this by asking you to tell us a little bit about who you are. My name is Tyler. I'm an electrician. I spent five years in an apprenticeship. Um, I have a wife, two kids. Uh, we currently live down in Shelbyville. Um, I had to, had to relocate. The drive was kind of getting to me uh, for my current position. Uh, I work for GM now. I fix robots and uh, automation and lasers and all kinds of fun, interesting things. But it wasn't always like that. Yeah. Well, let's let's get straight into this conversation because we live in a, in a day and age where people... So many people, especially people our age, we're, we're pretty much in the same peer group. People our age a lot of times see the world through this deterministic lens where everything is determined by your demographic status, this idea that it matters what race, gender, insert demographic term here, that's going to determine your outcome. But something which is, is such a big contrast to that is the role of discipleship and the role of apprenticeship where you can actually do something which allows you to change the trajectory of your life. Everything's not just determined by, by some demographic status that you were born into, but you can actually do something to change the course of your life. So what are, what are your thoughts about the apprenticeship allowing people to, to change the course of your life? Apprenticeships don't discriminate. That's one thing I've learned. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from or anything. You, you have to work hard. Um, I started out, I did it about a year and a half in, in a ditch, digging, cutting up concrete, I mean, some really uh, nasty jobs that I did not enjoy out in the cold, every day, in the rain, sleet, snow, anything. Um, but I had to do it to, to reach that final goal that I wanted, that I had set, which would pretty much be where I'm at now. But uh, yeah, it, you can do anything with it afterwards. It, it can't be taken away from you. It's a, it's a skill set that you have for life. One of the things about discipleship and apprenticeship that maybe people aren't totally aware of is they really go back to the same concept. And if you go back in time, you go back to the, the time of the New Testament, there's a lot of a language in, that Christ has that those who follow him, they're to be disciples. And one of the things that's so unique about an apprentice or a disciple is that there's an actual expectation that one day you'll be teaching yourself, one day you'll be functioning. When one, of course you're an electrician, when you, you enter into the apprenticeship program, there's an actual reality and expectation that one day you will be an, an electrician. You're not just going to stay in that role of, of student forever, though you may be learning throughout your life. There's actually going to come a time where you have the opportunity to function yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to be said with that. Um, a lot of risk. You know, I, I take a risk every day. Uh, am I going to crash a robot? Am I going to destroy a car? Um, it, am I going to wreck the laser head? Or if I'm doing some side work for somebody, and there's a potential there that if if something went wrong, even though I might have done it right, it still kind of comes back on myself. And I, there's a lot of lot of risk, a lot of responsibility involved. But you know, it's something you have to step up to the plate and handle, and 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 take in on your own. Uh, if you want to be able to do anything in life, you have to have that personal responsibility. You've got to be able to do that. Take risk. And that that's a, a really important thing for us to talk about because with freedom comes responsibility. A lot of people, it's really fun. To, to say you, you want to own success, you want to, to own the fun things in life. But so many people, they don't want to deal with the risk. And with something like the apprenticeship, there is a lot of risk in it. And when you actually get to the point where you say, I'm, I'm now an electrician, I have a trade that I can take with me wherever I go, you're now doing something where you can operate yourself. There is the risk. If you, if you mess something up, you know you own that just as much as you own the successful jobs. 
but that is really the pathway to freedom. Yeah, yeah. Um, as an apprentice, I couldn't wait to top out. And once I topped out as a journeyman, I kind of wanted to go back because <laughs> there was so much liability. I, 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 was at, I was at risk of being laid off any day, which would have meant, you know, no income for, to feed my family. Uh, but, you know, it, it still comes back. If, if, as long as I went to work and I'd done my job well and I was productive every day, I was able to stay, stay around. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, you got to work hard. Got to. One of the, the really big things that I see, especially with, with people in our age, age group, I know a lot of people that when I graduated high school, and we didn't go to the same high school, but, but both living here in Tennessee, I knew a lot of people that when we graduated, there was this expectation that everybody needs to go to college. Everybody goes to college, and a lot of people really had what I would call a fantasy of what their future would look like. They, they had a fantasy of who they would become. Most of the time, people had some sort of celebrity as their, their role model. A lot of people wanted to, to go and be the next NFL star. They wanted to be the, the next NBA star, or you could even look here in Nashville. A lot of people, they want to go be the next big thing in country music. That's another thing. But you didn't hear a lot of people really saying that their ultimate role model in life is to be something like a journeyman. But one thing I have noticed in life as being the age that me and you are in, where we've been out of high school for, for about 10 years or so, we've, we've been functioning in the world for a while. The people I see who, who are doing well in life, they're married, they, they've purchased a home, people who are actually living what you would call maybe the, the typical American dream, but it, it transcends just America, but people who are living the life, which we say we, we're, we're pretty happy, we're, we're living fulfilled lives. These are people who did not indulge in the fantasy of I'm going to be the next country music star, but instead they had something where instead of valuing the commodity of aesthetics, they valued the commodity of, of productivity. A lot of people who didn't go to, to college, but they, they had a different commodity that they were valuing. What are your thoughts about people's difference between making celebrities role models versus making something like the journeyman and the apprenticeship path the role model? You know, growing up, I loved skateboarding, watched all the pros, there were celebrities to me, but I, I really, really uh, early on, I realized I wasn't going to go nowhere with that. And um, I, I just, I don't think looking up to a celebrity is probably the best idea. Um, looking up to somebody that works hard and goes out and, and, and has that freedom to do what they want and uh, they're not tied down to some college institution degree or something like that or the I guess the risk of trying to become a celebrity that, that's to me that's not really very realistic um, I, I would I would say you probably need to look up to some people that that might have done apprenticeships to some journeymen or something like that I had no idea what a journeyman was when I started um, the only thing that I got was from my dad and he said hey uh, you, ought, you need to go learn a trade my granddad was an electrician in the Air Force. Then after that, he was an electrician. Um, my dad wanted to be an electrician, but he went a different route, which is fine. But he did tell me, however, that you need to go get a trade. That, that's, that's really important. Then after that, you can go back to school and do what you want. But it's a nice basis to fall back on in case any, anything did happen. So uh, if you try to become a celebrity, you don't really have anything to fall back on. You're, yeah. you're stuck. Say you get out in Hollywood and you, you just don't make it. Well... What do you do? Try to pack up and come back home, but you may not be able to if you spend all your money trying to get out there. It, it, I think I think trying to stay uh, level-headed and, and low to the ground and looking to people around you in your community, I think you might be able to see, see some decent role models. Yeah, and I think that's one. There's a couple things I want to pull out of that. Yeah. One, the commodity of aesthetics, that's something that fades. And when people invest their life resources in the commodity of aesthetics, you know, we look at Hollywood, we look at everything that's happened with the NFL in Hollywood and, and really a lot of institutions where 
where fun, entertainment, is but as the commodity, when the entertainment things fall, not only does the, the business model fall, but also when people try to pursue aesthetics, corruption just it festers so violently because there's so many people who want the aesthetics and the, the door is so thin. There's so so little room for people mm-hmm. to actually work there. There's there's so few opportunities and such a great demand for it. Corruption comes in and when people age out of it, you see people who are in Hollywood's older actors, actresses that, that look kind of like monsters where they've they've tried to, to preserve their youth and their beauty and right. and you look at some of these people and you're like, You you look like a monster now. Um, aging is not not necessarily a bad thing. Whereas when people, like you said, when you, you value the commodity of productivity, if the other thing fails, well, you've got something you can fall back on. You can take mm-hmm. that with you. Yeah. Yeah, go go be a celebrity, but take a skill set with you. Learn a skill set first, and then go try to be a celebrity. Then if things don't work out, you got something to fall back on. Or even then, like, if you want to go to college, cool, go to college. That's great. But if that doesn't work out, like, it doesn't for so many people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people drop out. I mean, that's just the honest truth. And if it doesn't work, okay, cool. You can drop back out and you can drop out and go do what you were doing before and then try again later. And we're at a really weird place in, in history where I went to, to university. I went for, for there for ministerial stuff. I know a lot of people who graduated from ministry or from ministerial school who aren't making enough to pay that back and who weren't fortunate enough to get through college debt-free. And they have this massive oppression of, of the student loan debt and really, when they leave college, the tools that they have aren't tools to be productive, but they have tools which, which make them resentful. Mm. And you see a lot of people who are, who are so resentful about the, the economy of our world, but they didn't invest in things which bear good fruit. They invested in things. And for something like ministry, where you, you need to, to learn specific things, you can sort of justify that. But you see other people who, who they, they wanted to become things like an engineer, yeah. and they, they pursued that, and they may have dropped out. You see people who've gone into like, get business degrees or they've gone into like sports medicine degrees and stuff like that who they come out of out of and I, I have people who are who are I hate to say it who some of my friends who have done this and they, they've got this large amount of debt and they're filled with resent yeah they're filled with resent for the world and they didn't invest in the commodities of productivity as much as they they took the the route which was really fed to all of us in our age I know when I was in in high school there was this you've got to go to college gotcha. if you want to be successful but when I look back at this 10 years from now the people who didn't necessarily go to college, but instead took the path you did, but you you had the title of engineer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my last job, uh, I came in, and th- this this is after my apprenticeship. I came into the manufacturing world, and I was blown away. We didn't do a whole lot of automation. My apprenticeship was strictly industrial, commercial, construction, or or some type of uh, add-on project. Regardless, it it consisted of me using these hands to build something into something fruitful, some, some type of good every day to uh, a whole new world where I had to sit and watch machines run and do everything and then try to troubleshoot them. Um, but uh, I, I had a really good friend. I stayed open-minded. We became, uh, this one guy, we became really good friends. And he showed me everything, and I, and I watched him. And, I, and everything he did, I observed. I took in, just like I also apprentice again. You always have to have that mindset that every time you start something new, you got to take that information in, just like you're just like you're starting over your apprenticeship. And uh, after about a year and a half, I was like, "Hey, I'm catching on really good. This is this is becoming easy. It's becoming second nature." So um, I went into engineering. They asked me if I want to do it. I said, "Sure." So I tried it. I figured it'd be a nice uh, resume builder. And um, I'll be honest, I sunk. There was no swimming. I was sinking heavy. But I was per- persistent. If I didn't know it, I would ask somebody. 
Um, if I still didn't know it, I'd reference a manual. There's tools out there that can be used, whether it's people, or the internet, anything can, can help you become anything you want to be. Um, but after a few months, I started swimming. I was able to uh, do all kinds of stuff, uh, fix all kinds of things. And I was getting called and, you, it, and called on every single day, which was great because I realized I had a talent for it, which, uh, well, I mean, it secured my future there if I wanted it. And um, I ended up following and, and trying a different route. I wanted to better myself and better my family. So, uh, to be honest, the benefits package that my current employer gave out was better than what I was what I was given at my last place. So I took that I took that path, and I think it worked out. It's a it's a great great gig. I'm hoping I can be there for until I retire. Um, but I'm I'm really really uh, thankful for for that advice of of getting into an apprenticeship. I didn't know what I wanted to do in, in life. I didn't. I, I took the ACT. I, I was like Dylan said, you're pounded to go to college. College wasn't for me. I I, had, I didn't see anything that was interesting. I I really didn't. I I still don't. I thought about going back because they they offer tuition reimbursement, but everything that I see it it's not interesting to me. I've got the engineering title. When I got to my current employer, I, I went as an electrician. As soon as I got in the door, I was like, hey, do you want to be an engineer? So well, you know, let me hold off. Let me see how this works out first. And I don't think that's for me anymore. I think I just want to stay an electrician. I like working with my hands. It's uh, it's, it's rather rewarding. And I think that's that's such great advice because we don't hear that voice in pop culture at all. Mm-hmm. The idea of pop culture is go to go to college and get something. A lot of times, which is an obscure degree. Yeah. <laughs> and and it comes from people. Which I had great professors who who I really admired. But there was also some who who were more or less at university because instead of doing, they could only teach. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have the tools for productivity. Yeah. Well, I, I, and, I'm sorry. I, I get to teach. So it's, that's another part, great part of my, my gig. Uh, yeah. We've got apprentices. I get to teach them things. And I enjoy it because not only do I get to share my knowledge with them, but I get to refresh myself yeah. on the topics that I'm teaching them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. The, 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 the combination of doing and teaching is really where learning happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, people learn when there's not just somebody – spewing some ideology at you, but it comes from somebody who's actually capable of doing it themselves. When I look back at the professors in, in ministry who were the most effective professors, they were coincidentally the ones who were actually active pastors at the time. Those who were still doing fill-in stuff, they, they were active outside of the university. They weren't just people who were stuck in that bubble, who a lot of times are somewhat resentful. Um, not everybody at where I went to school was resentful, but, but you do get that, that taste in the college atmosphere that you've got to go this way, and if you, you get some obscure degree, you've somehow vetted yourself. But a lot of these people, it's not a course for life because it didn't invest in the commodity of productivity. And in our conversation as we were getting prepared for this interview, you shared with me a little bit that your, your wife also took yeah. a similar route. She did. Um, she went into nursing. Um, she is an LPN, which is great. Um, so when she was going through, again, uh, the means to for college weren't quite there, and and that might sound rather crude, but it's the truth. Let's be honest, right? Um, so she went through a place called Workforce Essentials, which is here in Tennessee. Uh, we went in Clarksville. They paid for everything for her. They paid for her schooling, her books, her gas, her scrubs. They gave her money when she found a job. It's an amazing program. Now she's an LPN. She's done it now for um, seven years. I think it was it was a one-year program. So one year. If you started today, in one year, you could be an LPN. And then, like she's doing, she's she just she's going back to work here next week. She she has the opportunity to bridge her LPN to RN through the company she works for. 
because that that's there. They need people like us. They need people that are tradesmen, uh, nurses, male nurses. Male nurses is huge. I thought about doing that just because it is a secure job. Yeah. They need they need people that can lift heavy. Uh, there's I'm sorry for that might sound rather rude too, but it's the truth, right? Um, but it is great. So you can do Workforce Essentials. They uh, they helped around a lot. My apprenticeship was through the IBW, which is International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. There are uh, union halls found in every state in in all the U.S. Even I, I believe Hawaii. I, I may be, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But we have a uh, believe we only have we have two halls here. I think one here in Nashville, one in Knoxville. I want to say one in Na- uh, Memphis. I'm sorry, it might be three, but I know they're they're everywhere. Um, so that's that is a union hall. But I, I went through uh, their their apprenticeships done through the NEJTC, which is the National Joint National Electrical Joint Apprenticeship Training Committee. It's all tied together. Um, you go year round for four or five years. Ours took a little bit longer because of flood, and uh, they added some extra courses, which I didn't think would benefit me at the time. They have now, um, so I do appreciate that. It was free. Uh, I did have to pay for books, so I guess it's not totally free. But they do provide you with a job. They have to work you 40 hours a week, every week, or more. Uh, I was pulling 60 hours a week as an apprentice and going to school twice a week at night for three hours each night. It was a lot. It was a huge undertaking, but the sacrifice was well worth it in the end. you got to set up goals. And if you can just work through the tough times in the beginning, the end goal will pay off, I promise. But... Like I said, it's free. NEJTC in Nashville off Fessler's Lane. Uh, I, I, I advise everybody. And if that doesn't work, if you don't want to do electricity, there's the UA, which is the pipe fitter, boilermakers, uh, plumbing. Uh, there's uh, one more that goes in with them. They're, they're the same way. Their apprenticeship's free as long as you can test and get in. They pay you to you work 40-plus hours a week. And once you're done with either one of those programs, you can travel throughout the whole U.S. You can go sign any of the out of work list throughout the whole U.S., get a job, go work for however long you want, and then you come back home or you can lo- work locally. The opportunities are, are endless. And if there are – one more piece of advice I can give. There's two uh, There's there's two, two trades that I think stick out the most, which would be plumbing, pipe fitting, something to do with water and electricity because that's two things that people are going to want. Yeah, those are, are reliably needs, just like yeah. the nursing thing. Yeah. People – People need these things, and it's something which in our in our partner society we don't emphasize very much. Mm-mm. We we over we really over exaggerate the necessity of college, which it's ironic because the the standards of college have really collapsed. You don't see a lot of people learning critical thinking. You don't hear the Socratic method being taught much anymore, or even the true liberal arts. The idea of you you can gain knowledge and you'll have personal freedom. You expand your mind. A lot of times we get ideology and and. Even the language of liberal arts has completely moved away from where it was historically. Uh, but one last thing I did want you to mention is earlier we had talked about how the role models, even in your own household, yeah. is not what you get throughout pop culture. Where so many people say, well, this is, you want to be like Miley Cyrus, you want to be like, insert celebrity here. You can take country music celebrities, which are big in our area. Um, but you said your kids really look up. To, to you and your wife, they they look yes, up they to mommy. I know yes, you've got do. two girls. So, uh, we we don't have cable. We don't have we we're using cell phone internet right now because we're out in the boonies and they don't offer inter, uh, high speed internet. But they we let them watch Netflix cartoons. All that's fine. We don't really push the whole celebrity stuff, or at least I know I don't. 
Um, but my kids, they, they love the fact that mommy's a nurse every, all the time. I want to be like mommy. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse like mommy. And I'll ask them, hey, do you want to be electrician? They're both girls. But I'll throw it out there. Right? There's, I've worked with plenty of female electricians. No, I want to be like mommy. I want to be a nurse. Okay, fine. And they like to play doctor. They, they, they do all this. So I, I actually, I encourage my kids, if this is what you want to be when you grow up, go ahead and start studying on it now. Even though they're young, at least they can get a little understanding out of it. But I, I think it's great to, for, for kids to look up to, to at least their, to their parents. Yeah, you know, it, not it's so much the, something the about having role models in close proximity. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you're talking about, how they're journeymen in your community. Yeah. There are people who, who have the commodity of productivity. Those are the role models that we need in life. Those are the icons that we need to be communicating with, we need to be interacting with. The people who have put value in better investments, they're not just invested yeah. in aesthetics. Because when the curtain falls, the value of aesthetics falls. And, and we see what's happened with these celebrities. And I think that's fantastic that, that you and your, your wife, y'all are the, the role models for the kids. That's fantastic. People need to, to invest in their kids, yep. invest in good role models that are in close proximity. Don't let somebody on the other side of the, the planet be the role model for your kids that you don't really know. Let people that you can actually know and interact with be the, the role models for your kids. Well, on that, we're going to wrap everything up. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We're on YouTube. At, again, you can search for Kingdom of the Logos. You'll find us there. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That will help us out phenomenally. Uh, we're also a, now a podcast on iTunes. You can get on iTunes, do a search for Kingdom of the Logos. You will find us. You can get on SoundCloud. You can find us there. We're also on CastBox and a few other places. And with that, I hope you have a blessed day.